From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I have such a wonderful guest with me today. I have author and speaker and psychic and just all-around great lady and dog lover, Elizabeth Joyce, with us today. And this is always such a treat for me because for those of you that don't know her, um, she goes back to my childhood and teen years where my mom and I and my sisters used to watch her and follow her. So for me, it's an extra super treat today on today's show. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. So I think you forgot to say American Bandstand. Well, okay. Um, I don't think I was allowed to stay up to watch that. Or I, was that on Saturdays? I can't remember. It was in the afternoon at 2.30 every day, right through Saturday, yes. Ah, I remember seeing it on Saturdays, but not on um, the weekdays because I was in school. But um, mm-hmm. it sure is a treat to talk to you. And um, I really like, you know, you've got some some great books out. And, you know, I had no idea there were so many more chakras than what is presented in, you know, traditional media. Yes, it's very exciting. Uh, they're just coming into being now, and I think I'm a little ahead of my time. But the new spiritual chakras, they're going to strengthen, and people are going to really learn how to connect with them. And, of course, you do it through meditation. And as they open, you're going to become a stronger person, not only uh, psychologically, but as well physically. Because when the, when the chakras are flowing, then your body stays um, balanced and healthy so when you know i was reading your one of your blogs that you put together this year and for those of you that would like to look up elizabeth's site you can go to new-visions.com and look at this blog it was dated january 5th or i'm sorry july 25th 2019 and it was one of the ones that particularly spoke to me and it was talking about reestablishing a connection with the soul so my first question for you joyce is how do we get disconnected from our soul well we get disconnected through our ego through our decisions through our low energy vibrations and and how we act and treat others through the world. That's how you get disconnected. When you're not loving, when you are angry or mean, you are disconnected. So this is going to show you, Sandra, how many people are disconnected. I mean, look at the road rage and the anger that we have on the planet right now. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you just turn on social media, and there's always somebody ranting about yeah. something. And many times it doesn't even affect them directly. That's right. They're just venting, and they don't know who they're venting to, but they have the anger inside of them, so they're letting it out. And it's getting to be ridiculous that people, uh, I think it's, it's kind of worse than a major disease, to having this anger inside of you and not knowing how to let it out appropriately. One of the best ways, of course, is, 
either running or finding a good interest or having some kind of exercise. Loving exchanges with your family is another way. You know, horseback riding or baseball or anything like that will help you move that energy. But so, it shouldn't be directed to other people. I, I, I'm always curious about, like, you know, the energy. You know, when my mom was dying, um, I used to sit with her a lot. And I could feel the grief energy, like, come into me and then kind of move through me. And then when it would leave, I would be super tired. And um, Right. How did I call that grief energy through my thoughts? Um, well, you would feel tired because she was feeding on your energy being ill. Okay. And, of course, you were a willing participant. But then you have to channel that out of you. And you do it with meditation or you do it with a mantra. I release all this negative energy now. Of course, anything that makes your mother sick is negative. Sure. So that's how you can clear. And it really does clear. Also, there's wonderful music that helps. And the one that I use is called Ardas, A-R-D-A-S, from the Crimson series. Okay. And it's on track six. Very, very relieving. It's the oldest mantra known, and it means prayer beyond prayer. It's very healing. I'm just writing this down because one of the things that I love about doing shows with you is not only do we get to share this information with the world, but I get, you know, to just improve my life so much uh, with our time together. So. Music is also an energy. and Music is, is the key to the universe. Music is numerical. It's math and energy put together. And when it's played right, I don't know if you know Richard Shulman sure. from Rich Heart Music. Sure. He's, the, he's the one that I work with. I've known Richard for years. And he has been able to create wonderful ascension harmonics and all kinds of uplifting energy. Well, and it's, it's, you know, you look at the octaves and then you look at the chakras, you know, there's right. a lot of, and then you look at math, you know, there's math all within this. And oh, I think all music was, is math. Yeah. The biggest aha that I've had, you know, listening to you and reading your stuff to see the interconnection of all these things in the universe that, you know, in prior to this exposure, I thought were independent. Oh, your music's just music. Math's just math. You know, science is just science. Oh and no, it's all, it's all numerically coordinated. And you know, when you take a deep breath, count to four, release the breath, take a deep breath, count to four, release the breath. You're working with math. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just great. And I'd like to have more centers and, and more places where people maybe diagnosed with some serious illnesses could just go and sit and have some aromatherapy and music, crystals. It would be very, very healing, along with energy work. You know I worked with Louise Hay. Yes. And that's what we would do at her hay rides. In the back of the room, we would have the body tables for the people that weren't feeling well. And she would have two or 300 people in the room. And whenever anybody, you know, felt a little weak, they would come back and lay down on the table and we would re-energize them. It was really very beautiful. It is beautiful. And um, I'm always... I, here's here's a question that I have for you that I, I kind of struggle with. When I think of things, they create feelings. 
And then those feelings have energy around them. Do our thoughts have energy around them too? And am I caught that energy or is the energy coming? Well, let me tell you something. This is what I believe. We are humans. We are supposed to be created after God. And we were supposed to be created in his likeness, meaning that we have a brain that gives us thought. But we have something very special. We have the voice. And the voice is what other animals don't really have. We have the power of reason and the power of voice. And to me, it's treasured. Our body is our temple. And what you put out, you get back. So you send out an energy. And if it's negative, you'll feel it. If it's positive, you feel it. That's why people uh, get under psychic attack sometimes. They're under psychic attack because of other people's thoughts that are directed towards them. Or they can get themselves very depressed or very low vibration is what I call it. And um, when they do, they find a hard time working with getting stronger because the negative energy is powerful in itself and it can really make people give up hope. Sure, sure. So this is a, a good time for me to ask you when, right, shortly after my mom died, she was sick for a long time, Elizabeth. She had breast cancer and, you know, she mm-hmm. finally passed after a really long illness and we were really close. We talked every day and mm-hmm. I still feel around her. You know, yeah, I still you feel can't her. replace that. Yeah, all around me, all the time. It's She's going to be gone 10 years this year, and I can't even believe it. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was at my lowest point, you know, just heartbroken with grief, I would mm-hmm. have these crazy dreams. I would see, like, shimmers, and they were frightening. None of them were good. You know, none of them made me feel comforted. They made me feel afraid and... Um, yeah, it was a negative energy, and sometimes I can surround the area after death, of course. But uh, you could order them gone. All you had to do was play artists or turn turn on the light in your mind, close your eyes and bring in the light. I call in the light. I order this negative energy gone now. I call in the light. So we are really in control. Like it, at that We time. are in control. We're in, we are co-creators. And the way you do it is the way that I suggested. I have a little saying, the way in is the way out. And the way out is the way in. Gotcha. gotcha. And we're going to all have to be doing this over the next few years because we're in very transparent state. We're all trans. Uh, our lives are in transit all the way. I mean, everybody is. Look at the governments. Look at the people that are moving and relocating. Look at the new businesses relocating. Everybody's on the move right now. And some of them are happy and some of them aren't. But during your transition, during the time between now and 2038, work at getting to the highest level that you can because we have this new energy on the planet and it will definitely help you. Once you start to meditate and ask for that light to come in, it will come. I'm sorry, I'm just writing it down. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's the fifth dimension energies. It's known as the double helix. Yes. And, and, you know, you talk about some of this. Is that different than the cosmic light? The cosmic light, what people are talking about, isn't really from the universe. It's from the aura plane, the aura field, and the astral plane. 
You don't want to be in the astral plane or the oral field. You want to get beyond it. And when you did, do, you're in huge, clear consciousness. And clear consciousness holds in it every answer to every question you could possibly ask. And more. When you get to that, but, but you have to learn how to penetrate through the astral plane to get there. Part of that is the meditation with the new chakras. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. I, 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 I'm, I'm studying your book and um, one of the things that happens and, and what's your dog's name? We're, we're going to thank your dog for showing up today. <laughs> Her name is Ella May. She's named after my grandmother. I just bought my grandmother's house in New Hampshire and I've spent the summer refurbishing it, bringing it up to date. It's an antique house. So it needed electric. It needed a heating system. It needed everything. And then I, I got Ella May two days ago, actually, and she is a Pomeranian. She's very tiny, and she is my grandmother walking around the house. <laughs> oh, love that. I love that. Well, Ella May, welcome to today's show. We welcome, you know, everybody who wants to come on. Sometimes my dog Sally joins us, especially if she's particularly excited about the topic and um, she'll woof and bark. So if you hear her in the background, <laughs> welcome all to, to the show. Um, I was going to ask you about animal energy because animal energy, when I sit with Sally, I have three dogs, Elizabeth and my children, uh-huh. um, we have chicken nugget and that's our little terrier mix. And then we have Sophie peanut, who's the grouchiest dog you'll ever meet. <laughs> And then you have Sally, our golden retriever, who is just a ball of... Oh, they're animal. wonderful. Oh, well, the grouchy dog, what brand, brand is that? Breed She's is a that? Tibetan terrier. She's really snotty. Oh. She's very persnickety. She walks like she's... You play a- Ardas and you're going to have a different dog. If you what? If you play Ardas, you're going to have a different dog. It, okay. It's going to be fun to see her react to that. I will do anything because she is just crabby. She won't go out with the other dogs. She has to go out by herself. Like she has her little. Well, I wouldn't take her out by herself. Huh? I'd make her come out with the other dogs. Now, when I, I say that, I'm going to get in trouble with people, but I yeah. don't know if I'd cater to her that much. No. Well, she, I've had her 15 years. and Yeah, um, I guess you cater to her. <laughs> yeah, I cater to her. And I cater to all of them because I just love them so much. And they, they bring so much to our family and our life. You know, when my dad lost my mom, that's why we got Chicken Nugget. And he, he sits with my dad all day long, Elizabeth. My dad is 86. And- oh, that's wonderful. Well, he's, he's giving him energy. It's like I had a problem once um, – at my house, somebody had, had hit me and I ran out the back door to a neighbor's house and I had been totally afraid of her German shepherd. And they, they let me stay overnight and that dog slept with its nose across my back the whole night. And it, they send healing energy. I re- that, and then I learned how to love her. Of course, she was giving pure love. Pure love. Pure love. <laughs> You know, and that's the interesting thing about, you know, the dogs, they are healing, you know, they healed my dad's heart, they keep him company, you know, Chicken Nugget has been such a great dog for my kids through the divorce, and Sally's just my companion, my heart, my, we walk together, and we sit Oh, that's together. wonderful that you have one this fun. I had Ginger, she was my golden, and she, uh, we had her three years, and then she was killed, unfortunately, but she... And I had mental telepathy. And that was the first time I'd ever had 
mental telepathy with a dog. Let's we talk had about what that looks like because I talk to my dog and she talks back in my head and I always thought that was just me making stuff up. No, that's then, mental telepathy. She reads your thoughts because, you know, dogs can hear more than we can. And you may not believe it, but thoughts are things. And they hear your thoughts. It's absolutely amazing. Well, but that explains a lot. Like anybody who's had a really good, deep relationship with your dog, like, you know, sometimes in my, I'm in my office and I'm, I'm stressed about something or I'm thinking about something or I'm sad and Sally will come without fail, come walking in and put her head on my leg. Like she heard almost, you calling. Sure. Yeah. Almost as if I called her. Well, you know, uh, my grandmother, was a shaman. She was born in Maine. I wrote a book called Unlimited Realities, which we're making into a movie. And people will read that book. It starts out with Grammy Hempel, who was LMA. And it shows how she taught us as children, which I think is very important. And we found a wounded bird in the backyard. And she brought the two children down and told me to pick up the bird and put my hand over the top of it and send it light. So I did that for about three minutes, and then they all put their hands on top of mine, over mine. We didn't touch each other. We let the light just energize through. And when we took our hands away, the bird flew off. Wow. So there is something to this thing called the inner spirit or the Holy Ghost or whatever you want to call it. And it was left on the planet for us to work with. And it's just like a live wire you know, bouncing all over the place, you have to take it and you have to work with it and you have to attach it to something so that it can flow. And when it's not attached, it's negative. When it is attached, it's positive. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I'm so gonna... when, when people are unattached or unhooked, that's that's when you get, I want to say, the bad guys. Sure. Or like where does mental illness play into this? I have a family member who has some pretty significant and they're, and it's all, it's very negative, you know, hurtful, hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're so hurt. They're expressing their hurt. It's first of all, it goes back to childhood. And second of all, I would love to work some tests on working with music and, and kindness and just let them be angry, give them permission to be angry. Uh, mental illness are people that are stuffed up and and they're so stuffed up they don't know how to uncork the bottle and let it out in a healthy manner. And sometimes it's miswiring the filaments in our bodies and our systems and that's where healing comes in. Um, Something like a chakra meditation or artist would help as well and they just have to heal. Yeah, yeah, because I was married to a person for almost 10 years who had just an unlimited well of anger. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know his mother and his aunts and his sister and his brothers, you know, and it was not a terrible family, wasn't ideal either. Well, he must have brought it in from a past life. That's what I was going to ask you. Sure, that's why you have the astrological chart. You can tell anybody's past through the astrological chart. In the fact that you can tell whether they've been angry or have a tendency, all their tendencies are there, but then they have to work with it. You have to know what to say to a Libra. You have to know what to say to an Aries. And it's different when you talk to a Taurus. Gotcha. Just like we have different languages, we have different vibrations. Gotcha. 
And you always have to try to get yourself to where they are so that they can hear you. If you're talking French, they're not going to hear you if they speak Spanish. Right. And I always say you can't take a kindergarten to the senior class. You have to get <laughs> right. on well, their level. And it's so funny because, you know, you I do a lot of these shows and you hear people talk about like, well, you know, they're not at my level or I'm not at their level or we're not on the same level and whatever. And you just said it so eloquently, like if I'm speaking Spanish and they're speaking French, you know, we're not going to be able to communicate. So just yeah, well, uh, being on my level has become a buzzword, and to me, that's new age mumbo jumbo. Oh. <laughs> you really, you really have to begin to know what you're saying. And these, I had a girl; she was at a psychic fair, sitting next to me, and she said she read the Akashic Records. I know she couldn't. I know she couldn't possibly read the Akashic Records. She wasn't at that vibration. So I went over to her and I said, "I see that you uh, have on your sign that you read the Akashic Records." I said can you tell me what they are? And she didn't know who I was. Right. She could not tell me. She could not tell me what they were. I said, if you can't tell me what they are, why are you using that word in your work? She got no, furious. I mean, isn't, by saying she, she was furious. That. She went and reported me to the people that were running the show. But that means and that she could read the past, the present, the future, like all human events. No, that's time. not what the Akashic Records are. Let no. me tell you what the Akashic yeah. Records okay. are. Because there, there's the Book of Life and there's the Akashic Records. Okay. Edgar T Casey taught about this. The Akashic Records is every lifetime you've ever lived before this lifetime. It holds all your memory, all your actions, all your faults, and all of your wonderful virtues. And you can, you can access the Akashic Records through meditation and you can access and, and find out what your virtues are and try to enhance that. You can do that through therapy, through somebody that knows what they're doing. The book of life is what we're living now. And as we write our book of life every day, we're setting up our next life because our next life comes out of our Akashic Records. When we drop the body now, our life is going to go into the Akashic Records until the soul regenerates so okay so we've got the we've got the we dropped the body and everything's recorded in the kashic records and then mm -hmm. do we create a new life or is that that next of life course already we do. created no 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 you sit down with your nine mentors at your soul school and you look at your lifetimes and you decide what weaknesses you still have to work on to develop to bring your soul up to another vibration that's closer to the power of love. And you write your astrological chart and then you're born. And, and you pick your parents and you have to pick two people that have that same vibration as what your chart works out to be after you've put in all of the things you need to learn. So does that explain why, like, every once in a while I'll see on the internet, you know, some kid that's, like, four years old and can play Tchaikovsky or, you yep. know, they can sing. They brought just, it in the memory. There was a daughter that looked up at her mother. She was three and said, you know, I used to be your mother in a past life. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. All siblings have some kind of connection. The, the core family, the immediate family all have karmic connections and you're born to either be with them and support them and help them or to absolutely sever. You can absolutely sever and go on with your own life 
And sometimes the soul has to do that. I did that with my identical twin. Wow. So if somebody is in your life, a family member that's driving everybody else completely bonkers, that person was okay, chosen. Okay, there's two questions you have to ask yourself. Okay. Don't forget, the person that's driving you bonkers is serving you. Right. The person that's driving you bonkers is going to teach you patience, lack of judgment, and how to love. So two questions you ask yourself when anything happens to you. Okay. How did I bring this to myself and how can I love it? Wow. So Supposing somebody I, stole your purse one day and ran off. Right. How did I bring this to myself and how can I love it is your questions. And you can use that for a marriage. You can use it for can. anything, for right. anything. And then sit and meditate and listen to your inner guides tell you what you need to do. How did and you I can work it out. You know, we have so much ego that if somebody said, well, you're not giving your husband a lot of attention, you need to have a sexy dinner for two or something, and you go, I don't want to do that. I can't eat it. You know, and you do all of that grouchy <laughs> stuff. It's not going to happen. You're going to continue being grouchy. And some people like to continue to be grouchy rather than let their hearts melt. And they don't let their hearts melt because of fear. It doesn't take anything to let a heart melt. It's not going to hurt anybody. And it's absolutely a beautiful process. But of course, that's all fear. So right. you have to work out of your fear. Well, and fear and ego and control. Or is fear is ego and control all part of fear? Easing God out, E-G-O. Gotcha. I wrote a book that explains a lot of this. It's called Seeding and Nurturing. The Garden of Your Soul. Okay. I think I need to and get it's that. a wonderful, wonderful book. It should be in every church in the world and by everybody's bedside, especially chapter one, which came in from the masters. See, but we can't live up to it. People don't want to live up to it. Everybody wants to hear everybody else's business. Everybody wants to be able to have a say. It's, it's ridiculous. There's no privacy anymore. There's no, you know what there isn't anymore. There's no pride, there's no privacy, and there's no self-respect. Everybody's so busy about worrying about what everybody else is doing. What happened to their specialness? What happened to just being you and going within and, and loving your energy and trying to bring in something that you can give out to others? Sure, sure. It's a tenderness, it's a feeling very important and, and we've really lost it in well, many, and a many peacefulness, ways. don't you think yes of course yeah that's one of the thing that the show you know i think i've been on the air like oh maybe seven or eight years now and you know i get to talk to wonderful people like yourself and as i've done these shows like i get so much each time we do an episode but it brings me greater peace you need to talk it through you need to clear the air and love will be there and peace begins. Love that. Love that. And you need to be able to accept others as they are. People do so much out of pain, but we don't see it. We judge it. They did that to me. They did that to me. Well, you know, there's a little law and Louise Hay always said it. No one does anything to you 
without your permission. Yeah. That's something to think about. That is, you know, that's a hard, it's a hard thing to wrap your, your brain around or your heart around, but it's all driven. I'm by so glad thoughts. that I can do it. <laughs> um, it's very simple. You have to see where you made your mistake because it's 50, 50. It's always 50, 50. Sure. So maybe you didn't understand. I, I know that parents with teenagers, especially, or with, with children that, you know, want to separate from them. How did I let them down? How did they not get the love that they needed in their younger years? And then try to work it through with them. Yeah. Because we don't know. You know, you have a child and, and you don't know anything about till I certainly didn't. Of course, I was young, but it was very hard. I learned more by the second child than I did by the first. And we fall into our parents' patterns what we've learned about what discipline is, about what caring is, about what teaching is. And what, what acceptance is. Acceptance. You really learn about acceptance when you have kids. Did you ever notice that people that don't have children are different than people that have children? Very much so. <laughs> it's much incredible. So. It really is. It is. I mean, there's a different tolerance. There's a different understanding. I mean, you know, when you when you have a child around you all the time and you see how, you know, they grow and change and how nothing is fixed. You know, it's like when people, especially in social media, you know, they use these these great big labels on people. Well, he's a liar. He's a cheater. He's a, she's a this, you know, and this, this I always like to say in that moment, mm-hmm. when I say, when I say he, he was a liar in that moment. Right. In that moment, he lied. Yeah. I like to, I like to add that onto the end of the judgment yeah, because in that moment, because that cuts it and it makes it an individual energy within itself. And if somebody does do that, the question is why? Right. How did I bring this to myself and how can I love it? Well, you might have brought something to yourself in order to work it through and piece it out so you can sit down with the person that did lie and talk to them about it and expose it and talk. And then it, it, it goes away like fog. Sure. Or you find out that they didn't feel safe enough to tell the truth. That's what I've... I've or they needed, they needed to lie to protect themselves or to yep. enhance their ego, whatever. Right. Or to protect your feelings. You know, there's all sorts of, of reasons why mm-hmm. people do things. And, I and think none of them are acceptable if we, if we stay in our truth. I was afraid of what you were going to say is a lot of t- you'll hear that answer. Oh, yeah. And, and especially with your children, especially when they're young, between six and 11, you have to teach them no matter what they say, it's okay. Right. You're still going to love them and they can tell you anything. Once you do that, then you'll have something worthwhile. Yes, yes. And, and it's a surprising, you know, I've, I, I learned that, you know, when, I, when my kids were younger and as a result, they do tell me everything. And sometimes, Elizabeth, I'm inside going like, <gasps> like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I, I didn't Yeah, but that. how did they do that? How did they do that? Why don't they know right from wrong? That's what you need to think. And then you have to say, okay, I'm the parent. I've got to show them differently. Right, right. I've got to show them the kindness that that was missing here. What was missing in this picture is another great way to work with things because then you're not blaming a person. You're blaming an incident or a situation. What was missing in this picture? Right. Ask the child what was missing in this picture. 
What would you have done differently if, if you had thought about it or known better? Have you ever thought about writing a parenting book? Well, you know, oh my I've gosh! Because, <laughs> I'm asked you know, to write so many books. No, I haven't. Actually, I I kind of did in my first book of um, working with your intuition and psychic sensitivity. It's a wonderful book to give to teenagers. The first book, it teaches white light. It teaches the chakras. It teaches, I think, a little bit about your thoughts and your dreams in book one. Which I did a trilogy so of books. Well, I did a trilogy of books. They're my teaching books. And there's three of them. There's the first level, the second level, and the third level. Okay. Book one, book two, and book three. And uh, so that's important. It is. It is. I mean, I have your later books. I don't have your earlier books. So I think I'm going to have to head over to Amazon. and. and um... Well, the first book I ever wrote was Psychic Attack, Are You a Victim? And the reason I wrote that book was because people needed to know about gypsies. People needed to know about con artists and liars and how they do it. And I show it in the book. I also uh, talk about entities, both alive and dead and psychic attack and curses and all of that. It's, it's really an excellent book. And I had gone to court four times to help people get their money back. You're talking about $400,000 and another lady had a million taken from her over a year, period of a oh. year. Yeah, it's really something what people do to people. But the sad part about it is why do the other people believe them? Remember, you're 50%. Right. So if you have a, a, a gypsy, and this is what the woman did. She met her at St. Pa uh, Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, in the back by the Mother Mary statue, and she had to bring a shopping bag full of cash. Why would the woman even do that? Right. Well, she did it out of fear because the, the lady told her she was going to make her son very sick. And her son started to get sick. What's the key to that? The key to that is that the son probably was weak anyway, and the, and the psychic knew it and knew how to pick up on it. Gotcha. And what can you do about it? You get her quickly to a person that can reverse the energy. And that's what energy workers do. We have wonderful energy workers on this planet, but they're not recognized. And they need to be recognized. Yeah. When... When you think of like, like our show today, you know, we get together, we visit for 45 minutes. Was mm -hmm. this preset in our life that we should meet or is, is there also? No, it doesn't work that way. No? It works. No, because it can work on a weekly basis, a daily basis or an annual basis. If you have sat and thought that you want to get a particular message out, maybe you were reading the book, uh, the new spiritual chakras and how to deal with them. And you said, Oh, I've got to get this. I've got to get this out there. Right. So you're putting that thought out. Well, energetically that thought's going to hit me because uh -huh. I'm the one that wrote the book gotcha. and you're going to, and you're going to ponder and then you're going to say, well, I have to have her on. So it's whatever the need is at the time you will attract the right people. And this is when somebody loses a job, they don't know that they can sit and create a new job. And they can, but they don't. They get discouraged. They get angry. All those emotions block it off. Gotcha. Instead of sitting and getting quietly and saying, Spirit, I know that I came to the end of the road. It may have been part of my fault. It may have been part of their fault. I wasn't happy there. We didn't gel. 
thank you for my wonderful new job. Thank you for my wonderful new salary and name the salary that you want. And thank you for finally having me into a place where I can offer and give of my talents and I can also help enhance the company. And when you start thinking that way, magic happens. Magic does happen. But you have to be sincere. You can't fake it. You can't say that just because you're supposed to say it. That's what was wrong with the book, The Secret. I, I didn't like that book because it didn't have anything in it about the divine or about responsibility. And we have soul responsibility. And we don't just do things to be selfish and greedy. I want a new car. I'm going to visualize it and get it. It doesn't work that way. I'll tell you, it doesn't work that way. I know I've had the experience. And it's very interesting. You know, I wanted to buy a car when I was working in aviation. And I picked a blue Buick. And I went and I put $100 down. And, of course, I didn't go through credit. Why? Well, when I finally worked that all out, it was three weeks. And I went back to get the car. And they had sold it to somebody else for cash. And I got very angry. As a matter of fact, I had to call a lawyer to get my deposit back. Wow. Three months later, I'm sitting in my office and one of the pilots comes in that, that is manager of a fabulous car company, Cadillac and Oldsmobile. He says, come down and pick out your car. I'll work it out. I went down and I picked out my car. I got twice a better car. I got it for a less price. And I drove off of there. I couldn't believe it. Because the car, that, oh, I didn't tell you the rest of the story. Then in the summer, the, the guy that bought the car, I knew who the person was, came into the airport and was cursing out his new Buick, the blue Buick. And it had dropped his engine on Route 80. I was protected by not buying that car. Wow. But we never look at the other side. The energy happens before the action. And I am writing a book called Backstage that explains this. So I was prevented from buying a car that would have lost its engine on the Route 80 and my kids could have been killed and anything could have happened. I was protected. What a realization that was for me. Yeah. Because I was young at the time and I realized that that's what happened. It was amazing. Just amazing. So when you write your books, does it just pour out of you? Does it come <laughs> Sometimes it you? does. Yeah. The most difficult book I wrote was the chakra material. It took me 18 months and I lost everything that I had created around me before I could finish writing that book. I lost everything and I still continued writing that book. That's, that was amazing to me. And yet the seeding and nurturing the, uh, the garden of your soul I wrote in six weeks. Wow. They just poured in. That was in 2014. So it's, it, every book is a different experience. And does it, does it come to you? Like I need, do you like feel it building up in you? This well, some thing? of it I have to do a lot of research on. And some uh -huh. of it, that book just came to me. It just came. I knew when I, when I started it, and I knew when I was done with it. And it was funny because I had just spent the summer with the Holy Mother. I spent it with her every year. Uh, that's the Hugging Saint Alma. Uh -huh. 
Okay. And I had come home and I heard this sentence, seeding and nurturing the garden of your soul for two weeks. And I kept saying, what is seeding and nurturing the garden of your soul? And I heard that's the title of your new book. I go, oh, and then it came. It was incredible. Each book has its own story as to why it was written. So as we, as we go into the last couple minutes of our show, what do you have a message for us for 2020? Yes, I do. We are coming into some very dark, tough times. Don't kid yourself. It's not going to be easy. So the message is this. Go within, trust the universe, and know that there is light on the other side, that there is hope, and that things aren't, don't last forever, and that you are in control of where you go and what you see and what you do and what your actions are. Just know and trust the universe. Thy will be done. I walk in the light. I am on the right path always, even though I may question it. Nothing happens by accident. I'm on the right path always. Hang on to that. Hang on to it as we go for this roller coaster ride that we're going to be on for six and a half years. Wow. Oh, I came in in an interesting time. Yeah. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for visiting with me today. And uh, people can find your books on Amazon. They can go to new-visions.com. We've been visiting today with Elizabeth Joyce. Um, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being with me today. I do have a 24-hour answering service that I would like them to be able to know about. The number is 201-934-934. 8986 and you can call the answering service leave a message and leave your phone number as clearly as you can and someone will get back to you wonderful wonderful thank you again for being my guest today we'll be back again next week From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 